Welcome to the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I've got Tim Torch here. I am Chad Parsons. We're going to be talking quarterbacks, uh, looking at the market of ADP, the trade market, quarterback rankings in general. Early in the offseason, we've still got a lot of the notables playing in the NFL postseason and a busy offseason in terms of NFL trading, potentially retirements, player movement, interesting contract situations, all litter the top 10 to 15 of these dynasty rankings and, and ADP. So welcome on, Tim. It's going to be great to have you on periodically. If you listened last week to the UTH Awards, which you should have, at the end, we mentioned that Katie Flower is officially retiring as a regular weekly stalwart uh, co-host. And Tim Torch will be helping out uh, every every few weeks or so. Uh, he's still going to be over there uh, when he's not here doing UTH Patreon. Highly encourage everyone to check that out. Things like Overtime with Tim, we discuss football and otherwise uh, topics for a few minutes every single week as well. But Tim, great to have you here. We're talking quarterbacks, and it's always a, just a good state of the union. Where do we sit after the season? People might be doing startups or trading has opened up in their dynasty leagues. Yeah, this is the this is we we joked about it earlier. This is the silly season. This is where people uh, get a little bit bonkers with some of their hot takes and and rookies like the it's they they see something shiny and they start running towards it. Uh, first round quarterbacks are going to be bonkers. People are going to start making um, just random assumptions about quarterbacks that might be just um, just gone from their current teams, may not be able to make their way back or. Um, or in some cases, um, I, I'm kind of one guy I, I'm like confused about is is Baker Mayfield, and uh, just because we we so often say like buy the number one overall pick, and it's and people know that I I live in Ohio, I'm I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, so obviously Baker Mayfield is just someone I'm interested in. But yeah, so often like with so many of these quarterbacks, it's it, you dive in so much and and you want the next rookie to be big and and really you should be happy with like some of the quality veterans that are already in place. Yeah, one thing that struck me when I started redoing things for the offseason was how much shakier I felt between say QB 15 and 25 compared to last summer. Because you might have had a lot of profiles that you don't feel like, where do we stand now? You know, guys like Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr didn't take steps forward, didn't even stay on their same track. You've got Carson Wentz, who probably exiting or at the very back end of a zone like that. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson might have been there. And now where do they sit? You know, so you have a number and Trey Lance didn't even really play, didn't even really get off the schneid. Tom Brady, where does he stand now? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, like... We felt, I know I'm just saying we, but collectively, it felt a lot better in that range of question marks. Like now that feels like there's even more question marks. And I wanted to talk more about, you know, the top 10 to 15 per se, but that was the first thing that I just noticed putting things together was it's dicier of where you will go if you wait on quarterback and super flex and you go, oh, well, let me just punch this time card. Like I love this value right here at QB 22. That's a lot dicier this year than I felt like it was the last two or three years. And, and I don't think you'll have the big falls. Like how often were we just sitting back and saying, you know what? I'm going to grab Kirk Cousins late. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to grab. Um, he's, like, he's at like QB 15 or 16, you know, in the market. So he's been, and part of that is just, they go, 
well, who would take his spot? You know what I mean? Like previously, you might have had guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. Uh, you know, maybe Brady as, as recently as 12 to 18 months ago was ahead of him or whatever, or Stafford as well. And now you push those guys back and it's like, well, someone has to be there. Someone has yeah. to be at 14, 15, 16. And, and Cousins almost been a riser, even though highly mocked, you know, and like, oh, you know, he's not a big, big clutch quarterback. You can, you can maybe uh, win. Uh, in parallel, in concert with him, but not because of him in an NFL sense. And now he's 35. So yeah, he's an interesting, an interesting one that I would say is kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and, and just so many questions like um, Tua, Tua is a perfect one. Oh, I know. Is, is he literally going to play again? <laughs> I saw, I saw someone... for how long, right? The, the, the returning to play is only part of the equation. How many more concussions until, it's just, you know, you cannot make that decision. You can't pull that pull that lever. I, I saw someone, and it was a crazy take. I, I definitely understand that part of it. But someone made the comment like Tua should be like suspended because because he is uh don't allow him of, to play. Uh, yeah, basically. yeah, don't yeah, he should be suspended and don't allow him to play because yeah. he is literally like doing the worst possible thing for the players. Like uh, and and I know it was a crazy take, but I'm just thinking like, even there was the comment of Michael Vick this past weekend where he came out and called out uh, uh, Lamar Jackson for for not playing, not playing right at whatever and percentage then, he is. And then RG three came back and said, "Good call, not playing. Like like make sure you're protecting your career because he because he got snapped in half and, and it certainly affected his trajectory. Right? And yeah, that that's part of where the shakiness comes from, like even even at the top there's just like health wise there there's guys right. retiring like tom brady you don't know what's going to happen there aaron Rodgers is dead um <laughs> I, well and i will say one thing and this is a good reminder that you don't have to be extremist but the whole point is are you yeah. higher or lower than consensus or what it would cost in a, in a startup or a, or a trade because that's all it is. If you have someone at QB 10 that's at QB 6 by the market, that's it. That's enough of a gap to say you will never draft him in a startup and you are are not going to trade for him. You're open to trading him away. That's what that means. That's why it's so important to compare. And likewise, if you're higher on somebody, you're probably going to end up with them in a startup draft staring you in the face. You should be open to trading for them. But it doesn't matter. Like I have someone at QB5 and the market has them at QB18. Well, congratulations. But you're you're still not going to sit there and pay QB5 prices most likely. Right. You're going to try, you know, even aggressive, maybe you're 13, 14, you know? So you're still going to be in a reasonable, but I think there's there's profit potential for me uh, on the the upside of that. I agree. So it's all it's all layers there. Yeah, I think Tua is one of the biggest ones, and I feel like whatever the market number will say, like I, right now I have QB, you know, twelve, thirteen, somewhere in there. I feel like no matter what, like almost nobody's going to have him right there. Like mm -hmm. you're either in or out on him, right? I mean, and Lamar Jackson might be a similar a similar path or a similar mindset where you say you're not at, no, no one's going to be at the number. Uh, <laughs> like 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 Tua, you either believe he's going to come back. And this is not going to be a, a a huge deal per se in the grand scheme of the next four or five years. And you would have him higher than 12 or 13, I would imagine. But if you think there's risk factors that are more than a single digit number here of him maybe not playing again, not playing for long, uh, that this durability thing, even outside of concussions, he just gets banged around. 
and he's not built for this. We haven't seen him for any long duration being built for this. Yeah. He's not going to shake the injury prone logo uh, uh, label that you're not going to agree with that number and you're just going to be below it. So I don't, I don't know how many people are sitting and they're like, I have two at 12 and it's exactly the market. I think you're either going to have them at nine or 10 or something, or you're going to be down like I have them at 16. And frankly, I, I could make the argument that the risk, risk factors, I have them, I could have them five spots lower, but I think that is extreme because you have to be open to the possibilities of his young quarterback. He's got two stud wide receivers. The system is good. We saw him play really well for yeah. about half a season. And really it was, I think it was, was it one bad game and then injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a lot of upside to saying, eh, I, I can't even have him at QB 13, 14, 15. Like I think, you know, you have to, having him at 20 is just almost impossible unless you really think he's not playing much anymore. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Okay, what's what's one of your, you know, in the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks, do you have anything that, when you start looking at it, you're you're refreshing to the offseason. Is something did something kind of stand out from too high, too low? Don't don't agree with that. Yeah, Ky- Kyler Murray and I, I I hate kind of calling out Jordan's whipping boy. <laughs> um, Is that his whipping boy? I didn't even know. <laughs> I just just a guy he's definitely not a fan of, and I he's such an enigma to me. Like I I don't quite grasp Kyler Murray. And it's because it, it, it's because on one hand, people are so excited because the fantasy parts there. Yeah. But on the other hand, like if Isn't you that great though, I don't know. It, if right, if you actually watch the games, like how great is that? It's Dude, it's not. Football, bro. And, and yeah, it, hashtag good at football type of thing, or hashtag fun to watch. Yeah, fun it's, to watch. There you go. Yeah, it, it's. I I don't enjoy it, and Kyler Murray, like all the stuff I hear about him, he, unfortunately, he's just like not a guy I enjoy rooting for, and that is something that I do enjoy on some of my dynasty teams. Like, are you a guy that I enjoy rooting for? Are you someone, um, whether they play for my football team, whether they're just someone I watch a lot of film on, um, someone like I kind of flag planted on. Kyler Murray was never that guy. He he was never someone I was pounding a table for. And it's just so easy to move past him for me. And and yeah. I see him sitting at QB9 and like the guys behind him, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, uh, def- maybe not two of um Trey Lance is kind of getting into a questionable zone. Um, but but yeah, like the but Dak and Watson play him, out play out those scenarios over the next yeah, five years, and you tell exactly. me over the aggregate what was most likely to happen. And 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 then kind of factor on top of that, Kyler Murray is is dealing with a significant injury, going to miss possibly miss a portion of next year. Or well, and rushing have, wise, he'll miss. Yeah. He'll, I mean, he's not going to be the same minimum exactly. So what does that or mean? or have a higher chance of re-injury because of like compensation, whatever that looks like. I'm. Yeah, well, what he, we say is a guy so slows scary. down a little bit. I mean, what does that look like if he is not alluding to the typical factors? Like these last three years, for example, year two, big breakout QB five and adjusted points per game. Last two years, though, and again, this is a bad trend, QB eight, QB 16. So where do we sit? And the weapons, you know, it was like, oh, man, he's going to have Hopkins and uh, Marquise Brown. Rondell Moore is going to be great. They just drafted Trey McBride. Well, Hopkins probably gone. And... What do you have with the rest of them? Marquise Brown isn't changing anyone's franchise. 
So they paid a first Shots round pick fired. for that. Yeah, it's, but but it's just like the weapons aren't as good as you think. There's questions about the infrastructure there. There's questions about Kyler Murray. You mentioned about the injury, and you know even if he comes back in week week five or week ten or whatever it is, is he going to be running around? Because that's the basis point of what we care about. He's been an average NFL passer. I mean, I've been saying it for two three years now. People vault him to the moon. And it's like it's an average NFL quarterback. Like when he gets to his mid twenties or later twenties, beware. Beware, because he's not putting up the passing numbers. He's already been connected with with some quality targets, and yet that hasn't really moved the needle. Could it get better? Sure, but they're trading away picks for for mid career players that, frankly, are like Marquise Brown is a nice speed based number two, but probably not a guy you want as your clear cut number one. They got Rondell Moore, who they haven't really used as as well or optimized as much as I thought. It's not. This situation is not just super rosy, and like you said, I mean that's that's the environment of you know QB nine, ten, eleven that you might be might be faced with if you don't get your your clear targets there. I would mention um, I I find it interesting, and I'll be interested to see what you think about this. That Justin Herbert shifting down, and you could say it's a big tier. That's fine, but the fact that he was QB three and pretty. Confidently so. When you did, when you saw startups last offseason, it was Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. And actually, I saw a couple times Herbert went QB two, Mahomes went QB three. But the point is, those were the clear first three guys off the board. And now we're seeing Herbert four, five. I get. I bet we see maybe a six. You know, depending on the draft, that someone will take uh, Burrow, Hertz, and Lawrence maybe ahead of of Justin yeah. Herbert. So Herbert. You know, uh, this whole, you know, do you even watch football, bro? Like, watch the games, and it's pretty clear and obvious Justin Herbert's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But the situation, no run game, you know, a lot of questions about the Chargers in general, and the weapons are pretty good. But it's just what is going on that Herbert is now on that not good trajectory when you see how he finished this year. But you know, he, he seems like one of those profiles that if they fix some of the infrastructure stuff there with the Chargers, you're getting at QB5, and especially if he drops anywhere below that, I think you're getting a pretty decent value here in a team-building exercise. I completely agree. Like, if we're, we're not a big, like, hey, you have to stick just close to an age guardrail or something like that, but having a young quarterback, number one, that's going to sustain himself for a long time, like right. he's he's built like a tank. He is he is a mammoth of a guy. And we want him to run more, position. right? I mean, we actually say and like he has we, big rushing upside. We haven't seen. He does. He can do it. And I think, I think moving forward, we're we're going to see like boom weeks, but we're probably not going to see like consistency over over an entire season because something I've noticed is like he gets the ball out like a lot faster. Yeah, he is he's. he's checking down to Austin Eckler a ton and just kind of racking down the racking up those yards. And I think it's probably because he's trying to conserve his body to some, some degree and not just constantly get, get pounded all the time by uh, defensive players, which may even be like a coaching philosophy. We'll see kind of what that team looks like as we go through the off season. But with those weapons, they probably don't want him being the one taking the brunt of those hits all the time. They would rather him be more of a point guard than the one actually right. uh, actually doing the scoring all the time. And you look at this year, like I can explain away what happened, which is Mike Williams missed time. Keenan Allen missed time. You had you had some weeks with Josh, Josh Palmer being the number one. Yeah, and he sure. checked down a lot to Austin Eckler. That's a good idea. 
but in the infrastructure of all the all the wide receivers, you probably want to do a little better. So he, I would love to know how many pass attempts he had when all all his full complement of weapons were on the field, because yeah. it was probably a fraction. And you're seeing, uh, you know, a guy that finished, I think it was QB, was it QB 14 on, on the season? I just did a quick filter just because I was curious. Guys that have a top three finish within their first three years, uh, Justin Herbert's included in that, which is why I'm bringing it up. But eight guys uh, since the late 90s. And six of the eight had another top six finish in them from this point forward. So if he finishes that way in the next year or two, obviously, that would be a, a really nice return for where you're drafting him. And then the other two are TBD players because it's Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. So they obviously have plenty to go in their career arc. And they, could, they so far in year four plus have not, but they could easily do so as they're right in their prime window here. So the two quote unquote misses could easily be eight out of eight when we get 12 months from now. Um, so yeah, Herbert for me, the down year for him, a lot of his, uh, you know, secondary, uh, secondary analytics are fine. You know, he was right there with Josh Allen for his career in the touchdown interception rate ratio. And I'll just rewind the tape 12 months ago. We were talking about a top three guy, unquestionably so. And now we're getting a little bit of a discount where I feel like you go into a startup draft and you're trying to get a Josh Allen, you're trying to get Mahomes, But if those two go, um, or if I have one of them, and and getting someone like a Herbert as your QB two or your de facto, eh, maybe I can get him at what you know, 105, 106, 107. You know, if, if someone mixes in a Jefferson, if someone mixes, mixes in another quarterback, then I mean, I think that's almost a a plan B. It's not your primary plan. You'd love to get him as your QB two, but if you get him as your QB one, I I just think that you're finally getting some equity. And it's not that Burrow's horrible or Hurts is horrible, but the point is it's a tiering thing, and now you're dropping him to maybe the the bottom ish of that next tier. I I think one thing that you haven't mentioned that I think is probably going to happen too is you're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised like with the down year if you see like a rookie possibly come in and take a spot like a, like people, that some, yeah, someone okay. gets super excited about like a CJ Stroud or something like that. And, and they're like, yeah, I, I want the, I want that rushing upside. I want the big boom. And all of a sudden you see someone take a, a quarterback in front of that quarterback in front of Justin Herbert, or you see someone trade Justin Herbert away for that type of package. It'd be kind of interesting to see. I, right. I know, I don't have that type of information in front of me right now, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we see something like it happen. Yeah, I'm still, you know, this this next two weeks or so, I'm going to start putting some of the top rookies in. And I started glancing at my rankings. I'm like, where would those guys, you know, Bryce Young yeah. or CJ yep. Stroud, you know, assuming that they go top five in the draft, where would they fit here? Because it gets murky, you know, like you were saying. Yes. And yeah. um, I wanted to ask, because I, I wrote down a, a two or three trades with Justin Herbert specifically um, over the last few weeks. Curious what your side is here. So we talked about Herbert as a potential value. What do you think about Herbert plus uh, Traylon Burks and a second for Patrick Mahomes? Is that a no-brainer upgrade? Oh, it, you said Traylon Herbert, Burks and a second. Herbert, Traylon Burks, and was there anything else with that? Just a second, uh, 23 seconds. I, depending on my team, like if I was a strong team and I was just kind of looking to consolidate a little bit, I might do that, but it's close for me. Like okay. I, I like Justin Herbert. I think he can give you similar boom weeks to Patrick Mahomes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would definitely strongly lean towards doing that. Okay. Yeah. I, I would do Mahomes. Um, I, I like Burks plenty, but I think the upgrade that Mahomes basically like every year has shown as much or more upside than Herbert that one year. 
Um, well, you would do that for uh, for Burrow too, right? Go no. Um, I didn't think so. Yeah, no. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> surprised on this one, and this is where you know just kind of hunting for players like Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, a second, third, and a fourth for Justin Herbert. Mm. And I think yeah. going, you know, if you have questions at quarterback, if that's Russell Wilson, or maybe it's Aaron Rodgers or uh, staff or Carr, uh, you know, maybe you're going to even go that way with Kirk Cousins. I think trying to move players like that plus for a Justin Herbert, anyone yeah. that's sort of declining, maybe that's a Dak Prescott um, or or Deshaun Watson or whatever. But I think those are the types of moves to explore right now where you're, you're profile upgrading. Um, and, and Herbert again, kind of moving opposite directions and, and he's accessible. We always say about like, are they actually accessible to the market and QB three, you know, going up there right with some of the big boys in a startup draft, not super accessible, but now if he's available, sort of a mid first ish valuation in a draft, he is accessible. You, you mentioned the term profile hunting and, and I, I, I'm sure people understand what that is, but in terms of like the timing of profile hunting, when do you, when do you personally usually like to profile hunt? Because to me, like right now, if I can still have some owners engaged, this is the time I like to buy some guys that might be a little bit lower for someone else. But is that kind of your tactic too, or is it just you're always kind of you're like a cougar always on the well, hunt? Yeah, I, like them. I like them young assets. Um, yeah, I would say I would say you just look for when the market is sagging. Like for example, I was able in a two quarterback league, I was able to get Dak, and it was right when he got hurt early in the season. I, I was able to give two starters at the time at quarterback, which is a huge boon for the other team. I think I added something else. Um, of note, it was J.K. Dobbins or something, but I secured Dak Prescott at a point where I knew I wasn't going to have him for, say, a month, and Cooper Rush was going to be in there. Um, and I think this is a good time. My first op, my first impression would be NFL is still playing, and so people are going to be more tied and connected. And also, the trading deadline was locked. I think if you get to mid-February, it's it might be a little tougher, but you know, for the two months to follow. Of, of getting as many deals done or as many uh, teams and owners engaged in your your league's trade market. So yeah, this is a perfect time. And, and you also just need to feel out the room. I mean, it, it, is someone coming off a down year? Is someone coming off an injury? I mean, this is the time before we get, you know, Matthew Stafford is back. Everything's great. Look at how the Rams are fixing things, you know, and you get to like May and he's spinning it again. You get to training, uh, training camp and preseason, all this stuff. Instead, you need to, like everyone remembers Stafford hurt. Stafford, he said he's going to play, but we haven't seen him play. And he was horrible this year, by the way. Like, that's what you need to, uh, you know, get that QB 25 or 28 prices by by hunting right now, as opposed to waiting because things might improve. That's also the other thing, right? I mean, if Justin Herbert gets a big time uh, addition at running back or wide receiver or whatever, or you know, a, a hot trendy coach or play caller or whatever. That that's you know, things are going to start looking up, and all of a sudden, QB five six might turn into well, he's kind of tied with QB three four, and all of a sudden, the the team, yeah. the other team, locks it down. So you have to be careful of that. Um, Lamar Jackson, let's let's spend you know a sure. few minutes, maybe our <laughs> maybe our last big player that we break down here. QB five six seven feels really rich for a guy that we're starting to see some injuries. It seems like more likely than not the smoke is on not going to be in Baltimore this year. 
Uh, Jason Lock on Four covers Baltimore, you know, there with sports radio, also with you know major networks and stuff. And he covers the Ravens, and he's like, "Yeah, it's this is done. This this marriage is done. They're going to tag him. They're going to find someone that's going to get picks. Maybe they're trading for a player, but he likely gone. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing fantasy wise, but we are seeing a 26 year old that starting having a little bit of injury. And how much does that affect his upside? Because he as well, it's not that he hasn't produced in the past passing wise, but he's certainly not a traditional quarterback entering his prime window here of he's going to start winning consistently from the pocket. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is the idea of, would you have him in the same spot if he ran less? So move, moving into 2023, would I be comfortable still taking him above uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott in that area if he gave me, if he only had like 500 yards on the season? I, I mean, that that's a tough gamble. And, and that's kind of where the point of the career is that we're asked, kind of looking at for him. Or are we just saying that this is the quarterback he is and asking kind of him to change his stripes at this point is not going to happen. So you need to be okay with the big, big boom weeks or him not playing because of injury. Um, I'm kind of just interested to see what this looks like. If he, if when he does get traded and gets that big contract, like I wouldn't be surprised like personally, if like coming out next year, he is like, like a tank like he is the quarterback one he comes out and he's just like destroying the world but number one you ask how long that can last is that like you're taking him at that price understanding you might get more almost like or, a redraft situation where yeah. you're like one year i feel great three years not as much <laughs> right exactly so yeah i'm i'm not thrilled about him moving forward it's um i'm really interested in the landing spot like i, I know they don't have the assets but like miami with those two wide receivers if they decided not to keep around Tua. That'd be super interesting. So we wouldn't have to run around quite as much. But yeah, yeah. the the three things I the three things I was thinking about. Number one is the best situation around him he's had was Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Right. So that's not that's not one of the best in the NFL or anything like anything close. And then the other part is you know that he's one that can make you look stupid. Right. I mean if you Mm -hmm. if you trade him for QB 12 value he can carve you up and say, oh, you, you're going to doubt me. We've seen number one at the position before. That's a lofty outcome to say that he has that in him for sure. But here's the other part. Last three years, QB 11, QB 12, and QB 8. So if you want to hang on and say he's one of the most dominant producers and impact guys we have at the position, it's been a while. It's been a while for, for showing any sort of consistency level for showing that within one season. So that's the, there's a lot of things that play. I'm below market on him. And I, I realize that, that I can, you know, he can make you look stupid, you know, for having him at QB 10 or so, which is where I have him. But with the team change is the, the next team gonna run him as much and, and, and have those types of looks, the weapons could be better, but what if he's not the guy that's going to return to 30 plus passing touchdowns? And is he going to break down? These are all critical questions. And just, just, I want someone that I feel better about as a true pocket passer by 26 years old, which he is. 
that's more of a comfort factor for me. I understand that he can come out, like you said, and shred and be QB1, QB2 next year. And it's like, I can't believe you had him at 10 and you faded him. Well, I think Lamar is the type of guy that you need to look at the next two or three years in right. aggregate and not just play a redraft game. Because if you pass on him, I mean, again, for all people wanted to bag, like I actually thought, and it's kind of reversing now, but I mean, Dak Prescott, I thought was going to be like super accessible. He just balled out. You know, and, and so we've seen him, you know, have a lackluster year, if you will, but we just saw him carve up, uh, <laughs> carve up Tampa Bay, who's a legit defense. And who knows what happens this week, but he's 30 years old. He used to run more. He still runs a little bit, but we're seeing him win from the pocket. There's a very clear progression of comfort with how Dak Prescott's going to look over the next three to five years that, or Deshaun Watson, that you do not have that with Lamar Jackson and how that same span of time goes. It's true. And and probably just to put a bow on the whole thing, one thing I'm kind of curious about that we don't that we also definitely don't know. And and you kind of mentioned the the price tag that could be on Lamar Jackson. Like how much does a team have to gut like picks and players or anything else to and now make a, a big trade? money deal. Yeah. And and restrict themselves and handcuffs themselves to that situation it could be it, it could be worse than mark andrews and marquise brown yeah and yeah i'm looking at some of the teams that quote unquote need quarterback and right what is that how does that dent their franchise their offense um overall to to get something like that done here's what we do know we do know the quarterback marketplace in the nfl has never been more liquid it's never been more in january uncertain about how we're going to look and feel about everything in may and we're seeing more players that are more relevant being moved more often, which frankly, I'm here for it. It's exciting. Um, and for Dynasty, it really makes you assess the player themselves and not, you know, the whole the tagline of in Sean McVay we trust, or you know, in Kyle Shanahan we trust. Because you know what? Things change. Things change and you may not be tied to that team anymore. Um, and that that leads to risk. Um, I guess last last quick quick question here, which is is there a QB? that let's take out the top 15, top 18, 20, whatever it is. Like just go deeper of someone that has a spotty profile right now. They might not even be slated to be a week one starter next year. But you like if you were doing a startup draft, you you go, that's the type of guy that I would like to get as my say QB three. Maybe if he falls to a certain point, I'm getting him as my QB four with a with a robust build there at the position. Is there someone that stands out where you say there's big upside, whether it's this year, next two years, of someone that maybe they've been beaten down, maybe they haven't got to play a whole bunch that that you are kind of hitching a wagon to right now as a, a sleeper, if you will. Oh, sleeper. Um I I kind of like the Jordan Love bus. Um it's it, it might be a simple answer, but there were moments in time where I thought he looked yeah. good enough. And right now he's QB 30. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's a long way down. Round one, talking... pedi- round one pedigree. And he's not Sam Darnold that, you know, or Baker Mayfield where it's like, I got big questions. And you just see moments in time where, um, where he was doing enough. Um, I could, I could see him going somewhere and at least being a halfway decent starter for a few years, finding his way out of green Bay, kind of the negative stigma of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and, whatever that looks like and and probably actually getting an upgrade in weapons from what's currently sitting there in green bay to wherever he could be going 
Um, so yeah, he he's one that I love would love the idea of kind of keeping around as that QB three or four, just uh, as a in case of emergency break glass type of guy. Yeah, I love that call um, because he's got two way out. Like you said, he could be traded away uh, if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers next year in any form. You figure it's going to be Jordan Love time uh, to get his full rollout and opportunity there. And the moment he becomes a starter, he instantly becomes intriguing at 24 years old for week one. And he could easily jump up five to 10 spots. He could also, you know, with with a good game or two, all of a sudden he vaults to, you know, QB 15 or something like that. So there's a lot of very short-term oscillation of upside uh, just by not even playing. And then the moment he actually plays and uh, we'll see how it comes together, uh, you know, with Christian Watson, if he stays and potentially somewhere else, if he goes, uh, Tim torch, I want to thank you so much for coming on the, the weekly show this week, talking quarterbacks, the ADP, the trade market to kick off here uh, during the NFL playoffs, uh, kick off the off season where I've already gotten some requests for UTH startup draft boards. So if you want one of those, you got a startup draft coming up, you'll get it ordered by ADP. You're going to get the, the trade calculator values for your format, custom built, and it just makes whether it's an auction, a startup draft, a breeze. Now, what you got to do though, is you got to sign up for the trade calculator for at least three months, uh, just for a membership. You don't have to be three months uh, in the in the rear view there before you request <laughs> one. But this is the perfect time of year to jump in. You get some rookie draft, uh, rookie pick values as well. So uh, that's a good uh, reason to kick off. Uh, the off season with some some trade calculator time and everything's been rolled over to 2023. So you're not getting stale rankings. Some people might have December 25th out there uh, for the the timestamp. And the one thing, the one other thing, thing I'll say, which I record a show on, but UTH rankings, especially wide receiver. I mean, I've I've really expanded how much they say instead of putting a little tagline of like, oh, down year for <laughs> Dak Prescott, blah blah blah. Like it, it says something, but it almost says nothing. So you're getting a lot of columns on information versus the market. You're getting things like uh, viable years remaining of their contract, uh, of allegiance, their dynasty role, um, upside risk, uh, a lot of toys at wide receiver in terms of their career arc and probabilities for future seasons, all that type of stuff. So you're not just getting a cookie cutter one through 50 list that a lot of people honestly probably write on a napkin at work and then they go home and they just put it into the computer on the the database for their their website that they contribute. So you're not getting that. Um, you're getting it straight from the projection model and uh, my database for for uh, calling player values and putting that together. Forward thinking, but uh, we're not we're not projecting for 2028 either. I'll just um, so, I'll just add yeah. one thing. When you start adding in um, inf- uh, articles about specific players, whether they're veterans or rookies, and putting down what their range of outcomes are, yeah. it's probably one of my favorite things to read and probably one of the most useful things that I think dynasty owners could look at is the what are the range of outcomes for a specific player. Yeah, and I've started to do that a little more where you start talking, well, they're in tier three. Well, What's really, you know, if you're high on the player, you're higher than I'm kind of speaking about them. You know, you might put them X, you know, high in tier three or maybe low tier two, whatever it is. And then, you know, if you've got these concerns, and we talked about that in this show, you know, like if you have legitimate current concerns about Tua, where would he fit? And I think looking at from those two and blending it together uh, for, you know, the the pro crowd out there, the con uh, crowd out there, uh, just being reasonable in terms of, hey, I'm over the moon, but maybe this is the extent you should stop. And then I hate this player. Well, you have to, you know, the price is also important to uh, being in or out versus the market as well. Great stuff, Tim. Um, so yeah, and and again, I mentioned with Tim uh, being on the UTH 
Patreon Patreon weekly show. So you can check them out there. Um, I'm going to have a link and a little image you can click on on the UTH Dynasty homepage, but it's patreon.com slash UTH. Get premium shows over there. Things like Overtime with Tim. We go off into various topics uh, throughout the off season. You want to go back and hear, we did what, a Christmas, uh, we did a Christmas song draft. We did some Thanksgiving food draft, maybe. We did. I we did a, a candy draft with candy Mrs. Draft. UTH. Mrs. UTH is on there. Yeah. Yep. So you get a f- bunch of fun stuff, but you also get just my my mind dump on on a lot of projects that I'm doing. I always mention it there first, and it's just if you want more more audio content, some written content, some deep dives on on studies that uh, I always view it as going above and beyond an extra credit, if you will, for seeing some backstory stuff on UTH. That's the place to go. So for Tim Torch, you can find him on Twitter. If you go, you need some help with your own startup drafts, you want some one on one hands on help. He's a, also a consultant. You can hit him up at it's Tim Torch. Got some questions about some other quarterbacks we did not mention that's also a good place to go and uh you don't uh you're not a big blocker or anything right tim uh you're no, open and accessible and yes uh, you seem like a friendly i got a door i got a, a welcome mat on the on my twitter uh dm doorstep so D- dms are open yes. dms are open you can slip right in there all right so for tim torch myself chad parsons until next time never settle refuse to be average and keep building those guys Oh, I could care less about other people. I want the comfort for myself. Royce Freeman, no, no, no.